and gentlemen, this is According to Cows. This is episode 181, and tonight, for lack of a better title, we're going to just call it What Other Options Do We Have? The sad thing is, we really don't have a lot of good options. We have less bad options. We have mm, options that sound good, but in the reality, maybe they aren't great. Uh, And and that's not fair, perhaps, but we have to accept the world as it is, not the way that we wish it was. I mean, I go through that struggle. I assume everyone else goes through that struggle in one way or another. We, We all have an ideal. We all have what we would like things to be like, but we all know that that's not necessarily the way it goes. So in my idealized world, every elected official would have respect for individual liberty, would have respect for private property, would have respect for the rules that were set up in the constitution. Whether we want to go all the way back to common law Or just simply the idea that the Constitution lays out everything, and if that power hasn't been granted to the feds or to the state, then they don't touch it. But apparently that wasn't good enough. Apparently we have to be more proactive. And this is something that I've re-approached from time to time, that I've uh, re-engaged upon. The idea that conservatives don't conserve anything because they never go on offense. They never actually try and move the bar. They're always playing retreat. What good does it do us to elect another conservative? And I don't mean that as an insult per se. I just mean that if all they're trying to do is kind of keep things the way they are, maintain the status quo. Is that really what we need? I mean, they all cucked under when Obergefell was decided. They all cucked under when Johnson v. Texas was decided. They all cucked over when Roe v. Wade was decided by four or five or six or eight. Who cares? It was a bunch of people in robes that made an opinion. And then we all just said, well, that's the law now. They know what's best. So tell me. How is it that one piece of the federal government gets to determine what the rest of the federal government does to the detriment of the individual states? The states created the federal government. Why are they immediately just bowing to a few people in robes? They're not kings. This is not an oligarchy. I know it kind of functions like one at times, but it's not what it is. We have the power. We just choose not to use it. And if we keep sending conservatives that preach the idea that, well, the federal government is the final say, the final arbitrator, the final determination of what law is. If if the Supreme Court is the rule of the land, well, what good does it make to our cause to send these people to go represent us when they immediately cave? They do nothing. They don't push back. Now, the leftists, the progressives, they don't let little things like court decisions or opinions or state laws stand in their way. No, no, no. They are aggressive. They fight. They push. They cajole. They create more thesis, which causes our antithesis, 
which then brings about synthesis, which gives them more and more, and we get less and less. Liberty has been swallowed up with their devices. Who would have imagined just two years ago we would be in the position that we're in right now? I sure didn't. I thought certainly Greg Abbott, the guy that made his bones by suing the federal government, wouldn't just cave under a little bit of pressure. But I guess I hadn't been paying close enough attention. I didn't realize that Governor Abbott was such a coward that he was so pusillanimous as to cower in fear over some things that were clearly worth understanding. That we had to be shown the way by North Dakota, by a, or I'm sorry, South Dakota, my apologies, a governor that didn't even want to do the things that she did, but then embraced them and ran with them. And I know what you're saying. Well, there's, you know, only 800,000 people or whatever it is in South Dakota. You know, they can get away with that. Okay. Well, what about Florida? The governor in Florida, he was been leading the charge. He actually studied the evidence given to him and said, yeah, this is all crazy. We ain't doing this. We're moving on. And Florida probably has one of the oldest populations per capita across the entire country. Don't quote me on that. I'm just taking a wild guess. And if it's not number one, it's certainly in the top 10. They did just fine. And yet, Texas coward. We refuse to lead the way. We were what? State number 23 with our quote unquote constitutional carry, which is really limited permitless carry. Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade and I'll take it. It was a giant leap forward, but we're not leading the way. And we get stuck with the same little dribble drabbles of positive results. Meanwhile, they're chipping away at our liberty everywhere else. When we run the state of Texas, people with an R are all over the state of Texas and all those leadership posts and not a one thing of serious consequence gets done and then built upon each conceding year, or I'm sorry, each, um, (laughs) each completing year. We don't move forward. Not like we should with, with the percentages that we have, we should be dominating and we should be leading the way. But instead we get this little dribble drabble, this little bit of expansion right here, this little bit of recognition of maybe we shouldn't have done that there. And we couldn't even get our representatives to rein in the abuse of power on the part of our governor. And to what end? I mean, the, the, the reality is, is they can't afford to have the governor against them, right? Because the governor's got $34 million to, you know, rein in every race he wants to. Until this year. So this year, Governor Abbott has to face not one, not two, but three challengers from the right. Now, there will be a Democrat run, okay? And I'm, unless there's wholesale cheating, I have no fear of a Democrat winning. Not in a nationwide race, not in the state of Texas. Not yet. We aren't that far gone yet. But if we keep conceding, we keep just bowing over, saying, don't hurt me so bad this time. If we keep conceding every win that we should have, we we allow 
to pardon the phrase, it's kind of a borrowed from uh, Rush Limbaugh, the former late great radio man. We're snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory because we're afraid. We cower because somebody might call me a name. Somebody might say something bad about me. Where? You're an elected official. Grow a set. Now, ladies, you know what that means. Show a spine. How about that? Show some intestinal fortitude, to borrow another phrase. These guys, they refuse. They don't want to lead. Oh, they want to win their re-election. But three guys have stepped up to the plate. Now, no matter what you think about any of those three, the reality is, is Governor Gregg is going to have to work. He's going to have to convince the general public of Texas, well, I'm not so bad. Yeah, you know, I've been governor for quite some time now, and, you know, we really didn't do anything to fix the grid, even though Bob Hall's been hammering on that for almost a decade now. Yeah, well, you know, we, we're securing the border. Yeah, we put up a chain link fence. Well, you know, I, uh, I sent down the National Guard, who does nothing but sit and assist people across the river. And um, I don't know how that's a good thing. Um, yeah, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm still uh, taking part in these suits against the federal government. Yeah, okay, fine. So let me get this straight. And, and this goes for all states. You're going to the federal government, suing them in a federal court, with a federal judge against the another branch of the government. How do you think that's going to work out for us? I mean, even when we win, we lose because we're acknowledging that they had the right to do that in the first place, which is why we had to go to the court to tell them they're not. All we have to do is just say no. All we have to do is remind them that that was not a power delegated to you in the 10th Amendment. Oh, and by the way, these are individual freedoms or liberties, if you will, that exist in the 9th Amendment that even though they weren't listed, you don't get to make a statement on them because they pre-exist to you and you can't touch that. But we don't do that either. And I mean, if you want to go down to the 14th Amendment where they're, you know, not giving due process, that's a big problem. They're ignoring the due process of how many people that they arrested after the event in January 6th. The overblown... Beer hall putsch that didn't really work for anybody, even the agent provocateurs. I mean, come on. So there's a, well, okay. So we have a actual race for governor. Now in my heart of hearts, all I can say is I truly hope that he doesn't win. I'll settle for a runoff because that means that he, he didn't convince the majority of the people. Then that brings us Lieutenant Dan. Now, Lieutenant Dan, I'm sorry. You have just been a disappointment since the word go. Yeah, how's that securing the border going, buddy? Oh, yeah, we know about your chain link fence. We're so impressed. Oh, I, you finally allowed us the right to, well, I don't know, constitutional carry? Eh, wrong answer. Not really, and only after, only after you gave enough freebies to the uh, police associations that fund you 
Now, look, I don't want the police to have targets on them. That's the world we live in. I can't fix that. But I would think that that would be balanced out by a whole bunch of good guys carrying firearms. And I'm less worried about the safety of the officers at hand than I am the civil liberties and the recognition of God-given rights of we the people. Which is not to say that I don't care. It just means that that concern doesn't trump the bigger issue. But apparently, Lieutenant Dan doesn't seem to care. Lieutenant Dan, you know, where were you when they were taking a young man and trying to pretend he's a young girl? They're going to destroy that young man's life because his mother's psycho. I'm sorry, I can't think of another way to say it. When you go and take that and mutilate your child, how is that not child abuse? But apparently, in our upside-down circus world, that's good and well now, even in the state of Texas. Where have you been? Now, the Speaker of the House gets a free pass because, unfortunately, he's elected by our elected officials in the State House. And, well, in Collin County, we have a better-than-average representation. I'm sorry, but average just isn't that good. And I know that some of the gentlemen actually have safer seats now, and I've told at least one of them that I really hope it reinvigorates them. It makes them a little more aggressive. It makes them push for the right things again. With all due respect, some of that's perception. The guys do vote the right way, but the problem is, is a lot of these things don't actually get to a vote. And we don't know exactly whose fault that is because of the way they play the games in the Texas House. So I'm not going to blame them, but I am going to say that now that they have these nice safe seats, right, at least for the next six or eight years, which would be the next three or four elections, one would think they could be a little more aggressive. One would think they would push for those things that matter to us conservatives, to us constitutionalists, to us liberty lovers in Collin County. We would hope. So, again, what choice do we have? Now, I think one of them doesn't even have a primary challenger and the other three have primary challengers. And I got to tell you, I'm not super impressed. I'm glad that somebody was willing to go put their head in the game. They were going to throw their hat in the ring, that they were going to get into the arena. But at least in one case, talk about being wholly unprepared for what was coming. And I mean no disrespect because they're doing something that I wasn't willing to do. So... I kind of envy their willingness to do that, but I think some of that was brought upon because they just didn't know what they were getting themselves into. Now, HD 70, man, I got to tell you, you got four choices that I'm aware of. And honestly, I can live with three of them. Kind of like one of them, maybe two of them. There's just a lot of questions there. It should make you nervous when somebody that hasn't been anywhere shows up and decides to run. It makes me nervous. Um, They have no track record. They have no um, experience in dealing with political things. That doesn't mean that I want 
an old hack. I don't want somebody that's, you know, just running for re-election because, well, it's the thing to do or moving up the ladder. But I would like somebody that was a grassroots involved activist. I would like somebody that's, you know, shown some interest before throwing their hat in the ring. Ideally, that doesn't mean that you don't stumble onto a diamond in the rough from time to time. And there is a little bit of a challenge there, right? You don't really know. And you really never know until they get elected. And if we transition up to 61, you know, I've kind of spoken on this a time or two. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I'm having a hard time getting excited about anything there. I really had hoped that I felt differently. But I got to tell you, as we pivot out of the 61 and we just look back at the bigger picture, when you got people running for state rep that speak in platitudes, and again, I'm not pointing on 61 or even 70, I'm just talking in general. They give you platitudes. When you ask a specific answer, they don't necessarily, or I'm sorry, when you ask a specific question, they don't necessarily have a specific answer. And this goes across the board with every candidate for every office. It's it's like they haven't given it any thought or worse yet, they give a scripted boilerplate answer that is absolutely meaningless in the grand scheme of things. How is that supposed to build confidence? When principles don't matter and it's more important that I have the right letter after my name or I punch the right part of my ticket so that you can elect me, that makes me very concerned. What are we going to get? How confident shall we feel that they're going to go do a good job? You know, it's often been, you know, uh, (laughs) joked about that, well, our candidates should just go ahead and wear their sponsors on their jacket like race car drivers so we'll know who is paying for them. You know, there's a lot of truth to be said in that. It's disappointing. I mean, you go to some of these interviews, and I'll just speak from my own personal experience. I went to at least two of the interviews, actually three of them now that I think about it off the top of my head. And when you got there, the people already knew which direction they were going to go. In fact, they just gave you a courtesy interview because that was their guy or that was their lady. And there's already a pre-existing relationship there. And again, you don't be bitter about it because that's the way the world works. That's politics. But why even pretend? Why pretend that you're going to give somebody a fair shake or that you're actually interested in what they have to say? I mean... At least this time around, the police association blew off meeting with the candidate just so that they could sponsor the other candidate in the city council race. I mean, at least they were honest that they had no intention of listening to anybody else. They already had their guy. And I imagine the same with the fire association. And that's their right. They they have that right. I don't take that away from them. But at least be honest about it. If you're going to Pretend that you're going to give everybody a fair chance. Okay, fine. But I ain't buying it anymore. I mean, the reality is, is the NRA hands out their A-plus rating pretty much like candy. You have to be pretty bad to get less than an A. And if you're running by answering their questionnaire, I mean, how hard is it to tell them exactly what they want to hear? I mean, as a candidate, you generally know where you're going to go and you can tailor your pitch to whom you're going to go speak to. 
And again, that's part of politics. I get it. There's nothing to be upset about there. But are we doing ourselves any favor by not going and listening to another forum that's not your forum, right? I mean, why wouldn't we go to the progressive forums? I mean, if you're right of center, if you're a liberty lover, why wouldn't you go to that progressive forum and see what your candidates are saying there? Why wouldn't you go do a little investigation, maybe see if you can get the recording of what they said when they were at this group or that group? I think that might be very enlightening, to say the least. I want somebody that's going to go give a consistent answer all the time. I want somebody out of the vein of Ron Paul that had the intestinal fortitude, the spine to go to South Carolina and basically spout off, well, hey, you know, uh, if they legalize drugs tomorrow, would you go take some heroin? I mean, or yeah, um, you know, war's still a bad thing. It should be the last result of any confrontation. I mean, how can you, how can you not revere somebody that's willing to do that? No, you didn't win. I mean, there is that, but you got to honor a guy that's willing to, or a lady, come on, just gender politics, whatever. You got to show respect to somebody that's willing to go and tell the same story to every group all the time and hold their own. Now, it's really easy when you're a milquetoast moderate. I mean, well, I don't really stand for that or this or whatever. But if you're portraying yourself as a conservative, and I'm putting the scare quotes up because conservatives really don't conserve anything at the end of the day, we have to be liberty activists. But if you're going to portray yourself as a conservative and you go to the left of center or progressive meet and greet or forum and you actually say, well, you know, actually, I don't support this. I support this. Now, I understand your concern here, but this is how I would choose to address it. Or this is how I think the legislature would be best suited to handle this. Or this is what I think the city council could do. Or, you know, yes, Mr. And Mrs. Uh, Smith, I agree. That is pornography that we're putting out in our public schools. And we ought not be taking government money to do that. However, in this case... It was donated. Oh, you want to know who donated it? Yeah, well, maybe it was Raytheon. Maybe it was the hospital. I don't really know what organization gave us the money for that. But, you know, really, you could take it up with them. Or, yes, maybe we should put a restriction on this. It's not that hard to put a restricted or better yet. Each student has to get approval to check out something with a rating higher than X, Y or Z from their parents. But no, we don't do that either. See, these are all things that could be addressed if we were honest, if we were speaking the truth, if we were, I don't know, looking out for somebody other than ourselves, if we were advocating that perhaps I don't have an answer for everything, but if I listen to everybody's concerns, we might come up with an agreeable solution without having to sacrifice my principles, without having to destroy somebody else's liberty, but again, What other option do we have when our people don't show up? Yeah, so there's a school board meeting. We got 40 or 50 people that show up wearing green because we like what Chad Green's doing. So the mayor shows up, runs his mouth, throws Chad under the bus like he's the problem. Never mind, there's 50 other people that are are concerned about what's going on in the school district. It's all Chad Green's fault because I'm the mayor and I said so. Poppycock! You go to the uh, city council meetings, and I've been to a few. 
How dare you speak out against me? I'm the mayor. How dare you question what we're doing here? We have a consensus on the city council. Never mind, they're all a bunch of rubber stamps. Not one of them think on their own. I imagine it's not much different down in Austin. Well, the governor wants this. I must do it. Um, yes, but Mr. or Mrs. Representative or Mr. or Mrs. State Senator, you don't work for the governor. You work for us. We sent you down here. We gave you even, forget the platform with 300 odd planks. We gave you eight priorities or 10 priorities. Things that we said, we really need something done on these. And the best you could do was 50%. And that was after there was three special sessions. And we're supposed to be thrilled about that. Yeah, I'm not there. I'm not seeing it. Now, I appreciate that you did deliver on some of those things. I really do. Uh, and the gun law change is nice. It's better. It's not constitutional carry. And you guys really need to quit calling it constitutional carry. The heartbeat bill was novel. It appears to be doing what we wanted, which is to quit killing babies. But if you could just, I don't know, give personhood to unborn children, that would end a lot of these problems, right? You have a right to life. Ninth Amendment. You have the right to due process and can't be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process. Fourteenth Amendment. I don't know. There's so many ways that we could attack this if we would just have some guts. But again, it's just easier to go along and get along. Give a little bit, a little bit, a little bit so we can get reelected. Now, I got to say, there are people out there that think that most of the conservatives are running as con, a long con, a scam. It's a grift, right? We want to take your money and never actually get anything done. It's getting harder and harder to dissuade myself that that person or that group is right. I mean, look at what's happened. For 20 plus years, we have run the Texas State House from top to bottom. And what do we got to show for it? Still no school choice. Still didn't do anything to protect those monuments. Now, I know... Some of the monuments have ooh, ickiness to them. But you know what? That's our history. It matters. And if we start ignoring one part of history, what prevents us from getting rid of all the history? Indeed, the last uh, couple of cycles, well, we have to take this plaque down or we have to, you know, oh, this is icky. We got to go do away with this. Okay. Now they're canceling the founding fathers. Is that really what we want? Do we want to pretend? Do we want to just make this day one and start all over? I mean, I know some of the progressives, some of the Marxists want it, but when our own people are buying into that nonsense, they're not doing us any good. But again, what other choice do we have? What other option is there other than to send back the devil that we know? Because the devil we don't know could be worse. So at least the guys that are running for governor have some track record. They have some platform where they've been willing to put their neck out and say, this is what I would do. At least the guy running, well, there's more than one. I got to be honest. There's four people running against Lieutenant Dan. I have a favorite. That would be Daniel Miller. You should check him out. And if the Texas thing makes you scared, don't be. The guy's as solid as they come. He's interested in fixing Texas first and foremost. And if part of it means that we become our own independent republic again, great. If it doesn't, but it's still better, great. 
And what are you so scared about by creating oh, I don't know, a referendum where you put it out and let people make their own voices be heard? I mean, Lord knows we've imported enough people from California, New Jersey, New York, Illinois, Milwaukee. Oh, I'm sorry. That's where I'm from. Um, all these other states in the union. I'm fairly certain the majority that are coming here really don't want to create their own Texas Republic. I mean, and that don't even get me started on all the people that have flooded up from south of Texas. But maybe I'm wrong. I mean, don't you want to know? Wouldn't you be slightest bit curious what the people that actually live here think? The people that make Texas work think. But no, no, no. We're more interested in recruiting Meta or Apple or whatever Musk's latest venture is because they say a few nice things and we give them lots of money to move here and bring their leftists with them. Governor Goodhair started this and Greg's continued it. And yeah, we get a few more jobs, but we march more and more progressive every year. So you have to ask yourself, did they not know what they were going to do to us long-term? Did they not have something up their sleeve? Are they not selling us out? I don't have the answer to that, but I'd sure like to have the question asked. So before I leave you tonight, now that I've been quite animated, and I'm sure some of you, oh, he's an angry man. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm excited. I'm excited because we are at the cusp of being able to make some major changes. All we need to do is show up. Have these guys back. Show those ladies that threw their hats in the ring that you're going to help them out. Be men of honor and support the people that are willing to risk it. Give them your time. Give them your money. Give them your endorsement. Hey, look, you don't have to pick which one you like better for CD3. But if you vote for any of them, you're voting against Van Taylor. Now, I like Van personally. I think he did a decent job. But is decent is decent good enough? That's a fair question. If you don't think decent's good enough, then vote for one of those four. Because we don't have another option. If you think, well, you know, I wasn't really happy with my state rep. Well, you know what? There is nobody, and I mean nobody out there, that's going to replace Jeff Candy or Matt. They've been largely good to us. I think sometimes their loyalty is more to Austin than to Collin County. That's just my opinion. But at the end of the day, they have a hard R after their name and they usually do the right thing. And it's tough to throw that out. It's tough to risk replacing them because you don't know what you're going to get. Now, unfortunately, that guy, Justin, we're probably going to be stuck with him from here to eternity. And you know what? It's not the worst of all worlds. But in 70 and 61, you have a choice. You have a big decision to make. Do you take the safe bet? Do you take the guys, and there's more than one, that have the hookups down in Austin, that have the relationships down in Austin. Do you trust them to be advocates for liberty? Do you trust them to do the right thing as defined by the Constitution? Or do you want to take a little bit of a walk on the wild side? Do you want to maybe send somebody down there that 
you just don't know. They say some really good things, but they don't really have a long track record. There's a little bit of an if there. Do you want to take the risk? That's for you to decide. But here's something to consider. If you send somebody from 61 or 70 that's hardcore advocate for personal liberty, somebody that's going to be charging forward, do you think that perhaps the other people that we have in Collin County won't pay attention to that? Do you think maybe they won't be invested in following that guy's lead or that lady's lead? Do you think maybe they ought to say to themselves, hey, this guy... This guy's pretty good. We should help him out. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, they're just going to undermine him. They're going to corrupt him. They're going to wear him out. Yeah, that may happen too. That may happen. But wouldn't you like to know what are these people made of? Wouldn't you like to have somebody go down there and advocate for liberty rather than the same old, same old and conserve nothing? This is the opportunity. We are quickly approaching the, the beginning of early voting. I myself want you to take the time and the energy to look in who these people are. It's one thing to just say, I'm not happy with the guy that's doing the job now. I want somebody else. And that's okay. Pick one of them. If there's a runoff, then you get to choose the devil I know or the devil I don't. And I hate to put it that way, but that's the way it is. If you got multiple primary challengers, perhaps you are the devil that we know. And then we have to choose between the devil we don't know. Fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, in 61, I know all three of the devils. In CD3, I've gotten to meet and talk to all four of the challengers. And I actually know the guy that holds the seat. Not like we're going out to dinner or anything, but I know him. I've talked to him. I feel confident that when I go into that voting booth, I'm going to make the best decision for protecting liberty that I can. Win, lose, or draw, I'm going to have a clean conscience when I go vote in the primary. Here's your chance. If you lamented the fact that you got stuck with Trump, or if you lamented the fact that you got stuck with Romney or McCain, or you got stuck with Abbott, or you got stuck with Lieutenant Dan... You have an opportunity to replace them. Just pick one of the other people. And then you'll be given, you can keep the guy that's there or this other guy. You can keep the guy that's there or this other lady. Take the chance. Do your investigation. Know which one is the better fit for you personally. And then when the primary is over, if there's a runoff, then you get to choose. Do I want to keep the devil I know or do I want to take the devil I don't? Now, some of you are thinking out there, oh, no, but I really know this person. This person's great. That's great. You have a special situation there that most of us don't. I mean, there are not many of us that can say, well, I know this candidate that's challenging Van or I know this candidate that's challenging the governor really well and I feel super confident that they're the best guy. Not a lot of us can say that. Now, I happen to know a guy that feels that way about one of the challenges to the governor. And I kind of felt that way earlier without even really knowing the guy that well. But I feel super confident about the guy, one of the guys that's challenging Lieutenant Dan. Now, you may not agree with me. That might scare you. You can vote for two other people or three other people. I mean, Aaron Sorrell's a solid guy. Go for him. Um, 
Tracy, I can't think of her last name off the top of my head. She's a solid lady. She is a good stalwart liberty lover. If Daniel scares you, vote for her. You don't have to settle for Lieutenant Dan or Governor Abbott. Governor Gregg can retire. Lieutenant Dan should go to the retirement home. These people have done us no good in preservation of liberty. They have done no good for advocating for us. You have a choice. You can sit at home and accept the garbage you're being fed. You can get off your butt, investigate. Hey, I really, really like this person. Go vote for them. Now, they may not win the runoff or you may not even get a runoff, but at least you've done your due diligence. You've put in the effort. I would suggest to you 30 minutes of your time would give you some knowledge to where, yeah, I really think I like that lady or I really think I like that guy. I've done my investigation. Yeah, I really do like them better than what we got now. I'm going to go vote for them. And then, whether they make the runoff or not, you show up, the runoffs between this guy and this person. Well, that wasn't my first choice, but I really still don't like our guy that we got now. I'm still going to vote for that other person. That's the choice you have. And if you don't do that, you have nobody but yourself to blame. 4% of our people... 4% of our eligible voters in the city of McKinney got off their butts to go vote in this last special election. So if there was 110,000 eligible voters, that means about 5,000 people voted and about 2,500 people made the decision for the rest of the entire city. So 2% of the entire... 2.5% of the entire city made a decision for the rest of us. And yes, we got to keep the rubber stamp. Now, if that doesn't bother you, if you're okay with that, fine. Go back to sleep. Enjoy your blue pills and your high taxes and embrace the progressivism that is upon us. But if that bothers you, if that causes you concern, this is your opportunity. This is a big deal. We actually have contested races. Now, look, there are probably some people that are listening to this and you're saying, oh, Callis, you're spending all your time talking about these guys with R's after name. We hate them. We're progressives. Okay, fine. Go vote for your best progressive. And we'll put those two together and whoever wins, wins. Go support the least bad Democrat if you're a hardcore Democrat. And I mean, I respect hardcore Democrats. I mean, at this point, I don't know how they're not blue dogs. All of them. But... I respect somebody that's loyal, but sometimes that loyalty is misplaced. Sometimes that loyalty just enables bad stuff to happen. You could at least make an argument back in the mid-90s that Bill Clinton was a different kind of Democrat. But really? When's the last time you could say that? I mean, Ann Richards. I mean, you could make the argument that Ann Richards was. And I got to be honest, full disclosure, she was governor before I got here. But we heard all sorts of positive, moderate press about how great Ann Richards was. I've heard otherwise since I've been down here. But I'm just saying, you could at least sell that in the 90s. You can't anymore. Yet, we've got multiple generations that have gone through the government indoctrination camps, also known as government schools slash public schools, and they come out and they want more progressivism. And you as their parent should have taught them better. You should have taught them that, well, actually government doesn't fix anything. It makes things worse. And well, actually we respect people. So we don't want to force them to do things they don't want to do, but you didn't. 
But this is your opportunity. You can make the difference right now. Take the time. These are basically local elections and a statewide election. You can have your greatest impact right now. Forget the presidential election. We have virtually no say out of Texas in the presidential election. Maybe in the primary, but in the big show. eh. But right now, we can make the difference. Pick your best favorite candidate. Show no fear. It is a primary. If there's a runoff, then you get to choose between A and B. If it's not a runoff, okay, we got stuck with this guy, whether we like it or not. Accept it. But in a primary, this is your opportunity to get the candidate that best resembles you, that best represents you, the one that's going to put in the best showing for you. And if you don't do it, that's on you. That's your fault. If you want to lament Texas and how we got to be where we're at and how we're going purple, it's your fault. Because you didn't put in the effort. You didn't take 30 minutes of your precious time to put your screen down, to turn off the football game, to go away from meta or whatever your issue is and go do a little research and go pick the candidate you like best. Don't listen to the media. Don't even listen to me. Go do your own research. Pick out the person that you think is best, that best represents you and what you want and go vote for them. And don't worry about the consequences. The best candidate, pick them. And if we force a runoff, awesome. Then you got a choice between the devil you know and the devil you don't. If we don't force a runoff, then we say, well, I guess the majority of the people really like this. We'll have to hang our head in shame in some of those cases. Governor, Lieutenant Governor in particular. But look, as bad as Abbott was, he's still not Newsom. He's still not the Cuomo guy. But couldn't we do better? I suggest we can do better. Now, my better is Don Huffines. Your better may be Chad Prather. Your better may be Alan West. Both really good choices. Do your research. Lieutenant Dan, I want him to go back to wherever he came from because he has been a disappointment. Extraordinary. Maybe he can go back to being on TV or the radio. I, I don't know. I don't care. But you have at least, it's Tracy Bradford, Aaron Sorrells, and of course my guy, Daniel Miller, right? Pick one. I don't care that you agree with me. Just pick one of those three and say, Lieutenant Dan, you're a disappointment. We're going with these guys. And whoever wins, great, because we're probably going to get a runoff there too. That should always be the goal. When you got a bad candidate, you want to bump them out in that primary. Because then you can go into that general election stronger. But we got to show up. We got to do the work. We've got to be invested. And now I've gone way over time. I mean, this is probably one of the longest podcasts I've done in some time. This is how important I see this. Because if you're not willing to show up when the state of Texas is on the line, then maybe you need to just go on back to California. Maybe you need to saunter on back to Illinois because apparently you just don't care. You want to come here and you gripe. You want to come here and say, oh, I'm safe now. You're not. Look at what they're doing to Idaho. Look at what they're doing to Montana. They're in Texas doing the same thing here. And if you don't show up to fight, we don't need you. And by fight, I'm speaking purely in a metaphorical sense and in a political arena, not suggesting that you should be violent and attack anybody in the streets. I just felt like I better put that disclaimer in there so I don't get, I don't know, canceled or hunted down or whatever. Hey, listen, folks. (laughs) 
This is really long. I am not sorry. Go out there, do your research, and I will see you on the other side. This was According to Callus. This was episode 181. And again, what other options do we have? I will see you. Bye.